Welcome to Bleed TV, the podcast the best shows on TV. And I'm Zach. And I'm Jake. And I'm Cash. And tonight we're hitting that uh, Game of Thrones. This is episode 609. Uh, I think it was called, uh, what, Battle of the Bastards? Is that right? Oh, yeah. That's it. Yeah, man. And this was the old special. What is this? What's his last name? Sapochnik? What's it? How do you pronounce it? Sapochnik. Sapochnik. Yeah, I, I just changed all that. No, there's no doubt. Um, I'm going to go ahead and beat y'all the punch. Could be the best television tower I've watched in a long, long time, if ever. Yeah, i got to totally agree. This might possibly be my favorite episode of Game of Thrones of all times. Uh, and possibly, one of, like you say, one of the best hours of television I've ever seen. Well, I respected it and I thought it was good, but it definitely wasn't my favorite episode of all time in anything. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I think there was a couple things that were different, but I mean I don't, overall I think it was magnificent. Sansa really killed me. I'm gonna be honest with you. I thought she was completely pointless throughout the entire episode. I thought it was cunning. She already knew what the outcome was going to be and what she had to do to have a chance to make her win. If anything, she became a stronger character for me. I, 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 I think I know what you're saying a little bit, Cash, because I agree. I always hate when characters don't communicate. And when she didn't tell John that she had communicated with Littlefinger about possibly having a military force coming, that is silly, you know, because, I mean, that could change the whole battle plan altogether. Um... But, you know, in a way, I kind of felt like it redeemed her a bit at the end there. And I felt like John felt the same way. You know what I mean? No, because he didn't know that she knew that they were coming, I don't think. I mean, hundreds of th- and thousands of people died on their side that didn't have to. She would have just said, hey, look, the veil's coming. You know, I have more men. Yeah, but still, I don't think she knew if they were coming or not. That's the only question. We don't know necessarily whether or not she was 100% sure they were coming. Yeah, I think it was all about a timing thing to make the drama of, wait a minute, is John crew really going to die? Are we really going to watch this? But I didn't have that feeling at all. I, don't I was really just waiting did. on something to come in and save them or change the battlefield. Um, but I think it was just more of that, you know, here comes the rescue. You know what I mean? I mean, I and, see it, but... Uh, it was just the fact that, you know, she was complaining to him the whole time about you don't have enough men. You know, she was throwing a big hissy fit and everything. And then it just comes through with, oh, let me pull out the ace in the hole that you know nothing about. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Well, look, before we get into the snow thing, let's go ahead and knock out the Daenerys thing. That's kind of how the show started. Kind of, I'll be honest with you, that was one of the things that made this episode so magnificent to me is that I did not expect the Danny plotline to go ahead and happen this episode. Did y'all? No, this is one of my huge pleasant surprises that they went ahead and wrapped up the massive amount of this plotline in, in the ninth episode. Totally surprised me. Because they typically wait till 10 to do Danny, and they, they went ahead and just went ahead and kicked this in the bucket and ready to roll. And then I was thoroughly impressed. How much money did they spend on CG? And Danny's plot, even that overall, this entire episode. Just enough because those dragons looked magnificent. Yeah, I was. At first, I was a little worried because they were doing so much Danny and Tyrion that I was concerned that the Battle of the Bastards was going to be, you know, cut short or left hanging a little bit. But man, they—they they, I mean, obviously, we'll get into that a little better. But they did not spare any expense for this awesome of an episode. 
No. You know, and the crazy thing is, is that, you know, I was really surprised they had this meeting on the side of, you know, with with the ships still bombarding the pyramid with fireballs, by the way. So they're having this meeting of <laughs> surrender terms. You know, I, I'm like, if you're really talking about surrender, I don't see why you're still bombarding the, you know, the Marine, but... Now uh, you know what, though? But you know, this, we finally got good Tyrion. This was one of the best Tyrion oh. episodes. Finally. His best of the entire season. This was his yeah. best episode. Yeah. Man, it was, I was so pleased to see him with some good writing and some good lines and, you know, doing what we love to see him do. You know, this, this season has kind of put me on a, a you know, a kind of a pisser about his, his scenes because the writing has been pretty weak in my, you know, in my mind for his parts. So I, I love seeing him, you know, be able to climb back on top and show what he's capable of. And it was, it was fantastic. And you're right. The meeting was pretty wild. Um, but I loved everything that came out of it, you know. Yeah, I mean, the setting was just really unique, you know, to have that in the background, you know. And, of course, the culmination of the entire line of just the term surrender. And, oh, by the way, now you got this backwards. We're here to talk about your surrender, you know. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Let me ask y'all uh, this real quick. Do y'all think that yeah. she has some kind of communication with Drogon or anything? Because it seems like she's getting him to do exactly what she wants without any signs. Now, this, I've clearly made it, you know, I mean, I think just 100% that she can communicate with him from whatever long distances. Like, they have a connection. Yeah, it's like, you know, not telekinesis or like that, but there is a spiritual connection that they understand each other without having to necessarily always give verbal commands or whatever, you know. Right. And then the other two dragons busting out of the side of the wall... I don't know if they were responding to Danny or responding to Drogon th- screeching, you know what I mean? I think they were responding to Drogon because they show that they could have gotten out of that at any point in time. It's just Drogon's never been around them long enough to make them want to do it. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you could say either way because you could say, you know, they only leave for the Queen or you can always say they leave for Drogon. You, you know, she's never really, really tough, you know, but I didn't care. It was awesome to see him bust out of the wall. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> And go out there and barbecue a few boats, you know. It was pretty sweet. I mean, I, every time I see the never-ending story scene with Danny, you know, flying through the air, I always get a little worried it's going to be cheesy. But they did a much know. better job this time than the uh, yeah. fighting pit scene. It was way better. Oh, and the fire much that they better. had coming out of all the dragon's mouths was fantastic. And seeing it, like, sear the flesh off of everybody, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. awesome. Quite impressive how they did the boats and the whole nine yards. I mean, yeah. realistically, everybody out there was defenseless. I mean, there's, there's nothing, no weapons on any ship anywhere to take down a dragon that, you know, 200 feet in the air, you know, barbecuing whatever it wants to. Well, it was uh, super cool. Too. I love the shot of the boat still flinging catapults kind of towards the dragons. And it's kind of lighting them up as they go by and stuff like that. And then they just unleash hell on the boats. I mean, just so well shot. I mean, just gorgeous. For CG, uh, you know, a CG shot, it just was awesome cinematography, you know? It really was. It was quite a bit different angles, quite a bit different looks, and I really, really tip my hat to the effects and the teams that they did on this episode. It was really, really well done, you know? And, of course, the coup de grace of the whole situation is, is at the end, you know, when Worm, you know, is, uh, Grey Worm's like, you know, basically, you can drop your arms and live and go home, you know, and these three are, you know, he's like, just one of you has to die. 
anybody else not predict that he was going to kill the other two? Oh, yeah. absolutely. That, it was predictable and awesome. I mean, <laughs> yeah, as I mean, quickly like, as they threw up the guy, as quickly as they threw up the guy that had come from nothing and worked his way up, I was like, yep, these other two people are dead. Yeah, it was, it was epic all around. I was there for emo. It was just, wow, that's the way you get the Danny, uh, Danny plot line. You know, the only thing I have a little bit of an issue with, just a little bit, is, is that, gosh dang, do we have to see the Greyjoys the second it was over? I... Well, see, no, see, I, I actually didn't have a problem with it because I was expecting the extremely predictable scene of them pulling in and helping her win the ships. So I was actually quite pleased that they showed up and had nothing to do with the battle. I agree with that. I, I, I do too. I just, I don't know. It just, hey, and I gotta be honest, dude, Yara and Daenerys, Daenerys that was a great, I love their writing together. That was so oh, yeah. great. Yeah, we, we, we both suffer from awful fathers. We both this and both that. Yeah, it was, it was really, really good. And, and just the whole, you know, you know, he wants to give you his big cock, as he puts it, and everything. It was a lot of good writing in the situation. Yeah, I got a couple uncles I wouldn't mind if you killed, you know. I love that stuff, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But they did a really good job with these two. I actually looked forward to seeing Yara on the screen with her a little bit, you know? Uh, you know, normally Theon has to carry the day because he's just a, a, a great actor. But this was the first time I actually really kind of liked what Yara had to say, and it was fun. And then, you know, you're bouncing off Theon and Daenerys, that's great, you know? Yeah. It, I, I, like that. I mean, I'm just disappointed of we've introduced Euron. We haven't seen him since the King's Moot. And then I think I'll like the Great Joys a lot more once we stop with all the time jumps because that's just something I can't really handle at this point in time. Uh, I, I I got over the time stuff. I, I can't I can't let my mind you know well, get on it. The show is just trying to maintain the pace, so there's no long drag. You know what I mean? We're trying to get as much accomplished as we can, and I, you know I want to complain sometimes, but I'm really not going to because I'm just loving what we're getting accomplished in the short span of this show. True. We only true. have one episode left. You know what I mean? That's what. And it's just it's it's just bananas of a season. I'm I'm very happy with it. Yeah, because see, the more they wrap up now, Cash, like, the more they just, like, you know, get the Greyjoys in, get Danny's plot done, get the, you know, the Northern plot, you know, kind of done. You know, it's like, now they can spend the time necessary for the King's Landing plot to find out what's going on with the Hound and Arya and stuff like that. So, that just gives you more time to focus on the stuff we want to see, get the amount of time they need to be good scenes, you know? Or they could just go yeah. 10 episodes with the next two seasons. But, you know, I digress. I digress. <laughs> I hope they do the, the Battle of the Masters, dude. Okay, so they start off, of course, like we like we thought, what we saw in the preview is that, you know, that we have the strategic meetings and different things, but they also have this little, you know, hey, like, do a one-on-one battle and get this over with, you know, and get him kind of angry. Um... Yeah, what y'all think about the, how this exchange went down? I mean, I thought Lady I was, Mormont stole the show. I, I think her side eyes in the <laughs> background. One look. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like I, I need her in every negotiation for every job offer I have from here on out. You know, I was on Twitter a lot, and this was 
I mean, you saw more girl power, you know, stuff all over Twitter with Leanna Mormont, with Danny, and with Sansa and stuff like that. I mean, that's all you saw on Twitter was a crazy amount of girl power. You know, even though this chick had no lines, just one look. Um, <laughs> you know, I, look, I actually really loved seeing John not being morose and kind of, you know, goth. I liked seeing him, you know, cracking jokes to get him pissed off, you know, and poking at him and stuff like that. I thought that was great. Has he deepened his, uh, has yeah. he deepened his voice? Like, it sounds like he's talking a little bit deeper now. Yeah, I think he's, you know, manning up a little bit for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he's, you know, he's basically trying to become the leader, even like Cormac all said, you know, it's not a key, but I follow, you know, that kind of situation, just like Davos. And all, you know, there's, there's a... There was a lot building up to that, and it's just showing by the way that, you know, it changed his charisma and how he handles everything. And I, I think it's a very positive way they've gone about it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the whole thing with, what do you, I mean, Davos finding that Shireen has been burned and finding the, you know, the, whatever, the stag that he had carved for her, but not bringing it up before the battle. You know, I think that says a lot, too, is like, just like they talked about, it's like, you know, they, they both put their faith in the wrong person, he wasn't gonna, you know, you know, you know. I don't know, undermine the battle for his, you know, vengeance. You know what I'm saying? There's bigger yeah, things oh, than yeah. him. Well, the plus you gotta think about too is that you know he's probably not a hundred percent sure yet, and he's he's got bigger fish to fry on his mind. You know, but it, like you said, it went hand in hand with, you know, are you sure who you want to follow? You know, at the time, and so I think him holding off was a good thing. Because personally, I don't think there was time for an episode for him to even have any extra part of him confronting or talking about it or anything else. Agreed. Agreed. I just, I, I, I like the stuff that, I really like the stuff. Obviously, this meeting was great to me. Um, I really like the things leading up to the battle. I thought they were really handled really well. You know, just kind of seeing every, like everybody's side, you know what I mean? Kind of like everybody's point of view before going into it, I love seeing that. Yeah, you saw everybody's demeanor, you know, and that, that was uh, that was very enjoyable. Yeah. Of course, they threw out that little bitty puppet head of a wolf, you know, uh, that, yeah, you know, that, that, was on the ground, that was very unfortunate. That, you know, it did not carry the caliber of what it needed to carry. You know what I mean? But I, I still had hopes with the whole Umber thing because I thought Sansa and John kind of looked at that wolf head like, it looks a little meager, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I, still had, I still had hopes for my Umber double cross, which are yeah. dashed, perfectly dashed. Well, I was a little you confused know. of where was Ghost this entire time because we obviously know that the direwolves are great at fighting with what John had going, or with what Rob had going with Grey Wind. And so the fact that we didn't see Ghost at all in the entire episode really caught me off guard. Yeah, that was really yeah. surprising. And, and no mention even. Yeah, there's not even, it wasn't even a topic. And like we predicted last week, that we might get the super pack, and that was kind of a little bit, a little wanting to have that. You know what I mean? Like, God, that would be great. That would be such a surprise for the, for the novice viewer who knows nothing of the book or anything like that, to have the giant pack of wolves coming to play. But I think we put that in our own heads. You know what I mean? Oh, I know. Oh, yeah, well, I, we I, did. I, honestly, I had a 25% chance of it happening. You know, I didn't, uh, you know, I felt like I wanted it to happen. That's why I was kind of predicting it more. I thought the veil with the coming in would be a little, you know, a little too easy. 
you know, but when it was shot the way it was, the way it did, it didn't bother me at all. If anything happened, it was coming in the way it did. Yeah, I mean, I definitely didn't really expect it to happen, but not to see Ghost at all. I mean, that was that was a big letdown for me. I'm going to be honest because in the books, Grey Wind is such a force in the battles and stuff that I mean, he changed the tide of wars in many of the battles. Yeah, well, I'm not going to stress on it too much because I still think it was too badass to worry about. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think they really focused more on the, 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 the what do you call it, the meeting of those two men and the. the the matters of hand and so on, and I'm gonna be honest with you. You know, I know Cash. You're probably just really devastated that they didn't have Rakan as a, a full eight banner as it came out there. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, but like we get talked flag. about, yeah, flag, You know that you know, like we talked about, is that none of us are thought for, uh, for a second that he was gonna live through this. But even Sans that puts it out there, he's gonna die. He has to. He's more of a threat than anybody. And so. That was the biggest power move Sansa has ever put out there before. Yeah, yeah, it was the first time that she put out there that, like, you know, I know and you don't know, you know, and for him to cut his ropes, you know, like I was sitting there going, yeah, they're going to sort of cut his throat right when it starts just to show you that you mean nothing, that he pulled that knife out and I was at the top of my fist going, I can't wait to tell my brother Cash what sorry, with how awesome I am here. And then they let him go, and I was like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Yeah, see, this this reminded me of um, Apocalypto, you know, the the Indian movie from Mel Gibson where they're throwing the spears at the people that are let they let run, you know. And the good thing about that was these people were doing the zigzagging, you know. It's like they knew how to slightly oh, avoid. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> I was screaming zigzag the whole time. Oh, the, there was thirteen, 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 I mean, the whole time I'm screaming at the TV, left, left, right, right, and just nothing straight line. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be honest with you, though. I did not like that you shot the arrow four times, and, of course, the farthest shot, right before it gets the snow, is the one that hits him dead center through his heart. Oh, straight power uh, shot. No arc or anything. Yeah, that... That was a little much for me. I'm, I'm going to complain about it. You know, I think it had a really cool effect, but the guy right in front of him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. The thing is, we don't know if he was toying with him with those other shots. Oh, he was, because at one... I'm sorry. On the second shot, he wasn't care. even you looking. You have to be one impressive-ass archer to hit somebody from as far as he was away, dead center, when you're arching those arrows, you know, like he was. On the second shot, he wasn't even looking at Rickon. He was looking at one of his soldiers. He was like, oh, well, too bad. Boop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I love what they did. I just, you know, the plausibility of it was a little sketchy for me. You know what I mean? So what? We're talking about dragons on a show, and we're worried about whether or not it's plausible him hitting the arrow. Well, I mean, that's what I makes care, it so man. great. Code of cool, bro. I mean, that, that was just... Badass. Okay, when you take your happy ex outside with a bow and arrow, if you can hit something at 100 yards away by just arching, you know. I'm probably can. I'm, I'm pretty skilled. I'm pretty skilled. <laughs> we'll, we'll periscope it. We'll, we'll put it live Rick for everybody. Just play, shoot yourself in the foot. Don't even go there. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. All right, so. So the whole scene starts out, of course, Rick. All right, this, 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 what I did like about this was it, it was a really cool way to bait John. Snow out into the field alone. And so they could shoot all these arrows at him. 
and maybe go ahead and kill him right then and there. And I thought that was a pretty sweet move. That's a really cool strategic, uh, you know, attack on the, you know, your leader to get him to draw out like they did. Well, oh, I, mean, we I, love, to... I love the fact that they showed Rickon get peppered with four or five more arrows. Oh, yeah, that was oh, great. Oh, awesome. Absolutely <laughs> love that part of it. But, I mean, what we really got to see was how great of a strategist that Ramsey was, and I wasn't really prepared to see that. I, I never considered him as, like, some great master general. Yeah. Now, I did like the John, instead of, like, retreating from the arrows, he actually rode forward, knowing that oh, yeah. there was an opportunity to get out. I thought that was really great good accuracy. Uh, Oh, if he retreated, show, he was dead. You know, he, he was. Uh, I really, he was, really he was appreciate that part. And then they him, everybody's screensaver. Everybody's brand new screensaver is him pulling the belt off, unsheathing the sword, two-handing it while a horde of horses is running at well, him. I thought oh, him jumping off that look, horse. I posted on Facebook a little inside video about them making some of these scenes. Did you know that? Oh yeah, they had zero CG in it. And yeah, it was that so was badass. Him doing it. I mean, that is yeah, epic. Yeah, he had TV, 40 horses. TV said that was his favorite, episode, favorite scene of Game of Thrones. That should tell you something right there. He had yeah, 40 the horses do coming down like on him. Oh. But, I mean, I, I thought, yeah. like, right before that, when uh, the horse took hit and he leaped off the horse and then rolled into it. Oh, my God. That was the best scene. Uh, yeah, it was fantastic. And if he... You know, like you said, Zach, I watched a lot of the making of it. There's so many stuntmen that actually pulled these moves off. When he hits the guy on the horse and he goes flying off of it backwards, that's a real stuntman and a real horse. Yeah, and it's like, man, they really did a fantastic job of intermingling the real with the CG, and it was just like, man, this is well done. And it was, you know, if you realize it was a continuous shot they were pulling through the battle of him after he's off his horse, too. Oh, I know. Like, the cameraman's following him, and he's from every different angle and so on. Oh. I felt like I was watching Children of Men, you know, that amazing director of them talking oh, about back in the day. The way they were yeah. going about it for such long term. You know, it's just the effort was impeccable, just amazing. I am so, so happy they went this way. Because you just see the payoff, man. People will be talking about Episode 9, Battle of the Bastards, for a long, long, long time. And using it as a comparison point. But when it comes to action on, on, on cinema, how you're stunting into their thing, I mean, there wasn't a single wound or a swing of a sword or anything that I could even find in the background. You know, I always think back to those days of Braveheart, which I thought was the best. <laughs> Watch something in the background. It's like, exciting. Fighting, it's hilarious, <laughs> you know. But on this, go back and watch everywhere, and even your guys that are forty feet away and battling, and you're seeing people with swords go through their body and chest and different like that. I mean, their attention to detail is forty feet away, even not even on the main characters. And that right there was really, really impressive. And I, I, I like, I, I just want to applaud. You know, it's just amazing. I love the surprise moves they were doing too. You know, you think that John's about to get run down or he's about to hack their dude off the horse, but here comes a guy T-boning him on another horse. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just, like, so badass how they kept, like... It was, like, the 360, you know, movement of of just melee, man. It was just all unbelievable. I mean, the collisions. You've, no one, you've never seen anything like that in any other show that I can think of. The collisions were masterful, just like you say, coming in and T-boning, or you see a guy with a war hammer come and knock somebody off right before John dies. And just John's yeah. movements throughout the battlefield, the way he was able to 
parry and shake and move and just everything he was doing, it was brilliant. Uh, even the giant walking up there and kicking a horse and the man out of the way. <laughs> See the horse just blown <laughs> <laughs> away. Yeah. Well, you know, I love seeing John getting tired too. You hear him huffing and puffing, dropping to a knee. You know what I mean? He's like, well, he's, well yeah, like he has to lay the sword on the ground and you know give his shoulders a break. You know what I mean? Oh, like, sure. he's, like his level of fuck and blood and all, all that stuff on him was getting heavier and heavier. And they were maintaining those details all the way through the battle. Now I will you know say, what I'm yeah, yeah, I mean they they excellent continuous shot details. Like one massive yeah. complaint I, mean, I, I had was yeah. I couldn't tell who was who. Like I couldn't tell the difference between the Wildlings and John's army versus the Boltons. Like this was the first time I was like, oh, this is why we always have predominantly different colors. Yeah, the only thing I could tell was the metal helmets. Was the only reason yeah, the metal helmets. You know, but it was actually, I, I like that. You know, the days of watching, like, red coats being so indiscriminately different than everybody else, you know, it was completely different from generally. You know, and so you know exactly who's who. You know, I would imagine in a battle like that, you would accidentally get one of your own people because you're just in the wages of war and you're fearing your lives and so on. You know, well, they play on that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they I mean, played on that a few times. And the fact that they were shooting arrows into his own people, you know, just making basically body piles. You know, there were like obstacles. And Yeah, all right. So did anybody else think the body pile was a little high? Oh, that that was ridiculous. But I loved it. It was a little much. I felt like I was watching 300 and stacking bodies up the wall. Yeah, like, I you mean, when I, mean? I first saw it, I was like, It was really? a little much. Like, that, that's like 30 people tall. Like, come on, guys. Oh, yeah, I mean, tell me it didn't look awesome on screen. Oh, I don't okay. care what you say. It did, but it was too much. I mean, it, it looked like they were climbing a 10-foot wall of bodies. I just, you know, oh, I, I, mean, just, I don't know. All right, so here's the deal. You got, say, whatever. They have 2,000 people fighting, and then he sent 4,000 after him. So we're talking about, you know, John's force looked like they lost at least half. The Bones lost a shitload of people. So let's say we've got 3,000 people stacked up on top of each other. I mean, how high would that pile be? 3,000? What, what are the odds they all end up dying on the same pile? Yeah. I mean, well, they were the all thing, spread they, out. They made, it, they made it where it was all center-based. So, they did, you know, though. I mean, I mean, the archers I were hitting them from afar. I, I agree with you. I think it was probably too high. But I did like the claustrophobic John stuff where he's like, getting trampled and they keep doing the flash shots and stuff. It looks like he's going to suffocate and stuff like that. I, mean, I thought that was pretty damn cool. I mean, that was a three-minute yeah. scene of brutalness, and I loved every second of it. Yeah, it's, now, I mean, there there was never a second where it was... John's uh, going to die. I will tell you that watching the episode, I never, never, thought, I never felt like John was ever going to die in battle. Yeah, there's always going to be more to it. But I will tell you, they did make me... I'm not gonna, I was shaking most of the entire episode. It's just anticipation and nerves and everything else, just seeing how they're going to go about this. Because you know you always think the worst is going to happen. You're going to lose major surprise characters and stuff. And when you're seeing Torment run at these shields and pull yeah. one, I was yeah. like, he's about to take a couple blades, and it's about to be real. It's going to be a tearjerker. You know what I mean? I'm a, me as a grown man, I'm going to watch the ginger take a spear to the chest and me cry and weep right here. You know, but also, and they didn't do that. I was surprised. But the watching them do this failing, you know, of them doing the whole shields and the spears and all that stuff, it was really, really impressive. It was more 
more impressive than like when 300 did it and everything else because it looks so real and it was so in the speeder it looked like they're 20 feet tall you know well what they did was they had a guy holding a shield and then a guy behind him holding a spear I'd never seen that before it wasn't the shield guys holding a spear you know what I mean it was a really cool idea the shield guys just inched forward and the, the spear guys poked forward I mean it was a really damn good idea it was really cool but some of those yeah, wild ones uh, fell to some pretty, uh, pretty shaky you know, spear stabs. I kept thinking, like, how would I get out of this situation if I was one of them? I lay on the ground and play dead. Just <laughs> 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 let the shields go over me. You know what I mean? Yeah, but then, then you, you know, run the chance of being John. Then you run the chance of getting that uh, trampling thing that John gets, and no one wants to be buried alive on top of bodies being on top of you. Oh, no. Nope. Oh man, that was horrific. Like I said, did you not feel? like anxiety when that was going on I mean like you could feel yourself under there oh it's so brutal man I hate that stuff I hate that claustrophobia yes that whole him gasping for air is what killed it for me and like the breathing I was like oh god yeah the breathing sound effects were on point we all we all played football we all played on the line and you know in those dog piles when you're on the bottom and you're, you're only like three or four people on top of you you're on the bottom, you feel like you're, you're, you're helpless, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You just want yeah. these people to get off of you, and it's like, man, you imagine people that are fighting for their lives to run and, and are trampling you and, and dying on top of you. I mean, that's just got to be the most damn helpless feeling in the world. I mean, drowning is one thing, but drowning in bodies? I mean, that's brutal, dude. <laughs> it was a brilliant idea. I mean, it was something that I never expected to try to be pulled off, and they did it masterfully. I mean, I, I was amazed by it. Yeah, I was. I was pretty pumped. And then you know, like you say with Tormund, and then he has to fight Umber, and he's getting you know they're trading headbutts and. Well, I mean, that was the great like, thing. Oh, was right no, before. No, well, yeah, Umber was just flashing out. Like yeah, you, you think John's about while, to fight him? Former got a good lick in and then pulled the a deer antler and stabbed him a couple times. Well, yeah, first he and pulled then he got a Not just a standard weapon, but he fights his neck and then stabs him with deer antler. I mean, yeah, we got a Rick Rhymes in this mother. Yeah, I mean, he, he went full <laughs> Tyson. What? No. Even yeah, though no, I was I a little upset we didn't get the super pack, the way that they had the veil come in and sweep through the middle of the Bolton's uh, army, oh my god! I mean, I about exploded were, right yeah, there. Crushing, crushing with the shield guy. Yeah, it was just like watching dominoes fall. It was unbelievable. I mean, that but was they did a really cool aerial shot. Really, really cool aerial because you didn't need more horses colliding or killing our deer. That aerial shot, them going and panning around and just watching the dominoes fall of these men, was right. Nice. You know what I mean? And you got a callback this episode to that when the when the Wildings got hit by that same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that same aerial shot where you get to see the the movements and how they just came and cut through them like butter, as he said. You know what I mean? It's just like that was so badass. They had a good thing on that episode, and they just kind of repeated it in a different way on this episode. And it was. Fantastic. Speaking of yeah, the wild things with that, I loved how John and Davos were talking about military terms and stuff, and like, yeah, they won't be able to flank us. We're going to build trenches, and Tormund's just sitting there, like, what, what are y'all saying? 
And then they can say another <laughs> word. He's like, what? <laughs> they won't be able to hit us from the side. From That's the side. good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, you talk about details military-wise. You notice that Ramsey, like, it wasn't like, pull your pull and shoot. They were actually <laughs> using proper terms. Nook. Not loose. Exactly. You know, knock and loose like that. I thought that was really cool today. You know, there was none of that, you know, grubby language, not following key lines, military lingo of the, you know, what I would consider of the age. Yeah, no, it was excellent. I loved it. I loved it. Now, the whole Ramsey sitting there solo, you know, when the battle and the bales come through and so on, you know, I feel was kind of surprised. You know, I mean, I really, you know, usually you got through a little bit of a carousel of crew around. You know what I'm saying? Well, now, if you remember when they knocked out Stannis' group, he was walking around on his own, finishing people off and kind of doing his thing. He didn't have that fear, you know what I mean? He thought when he sent everybody in there that it was over. He was just watching a slaughter at that point. Well, and by all accounts, it was. You know, there was one thing that I wish they would have done differently. You know what I mean? They would have made something so epic. Okay, the giant, you know, one was. Actually, I, gosh, I hate we all predicted he wasn't going to make it. How about we all predict? Like, I straight up said he's going to end up with like 40 different arrows and spears and he's so on the boys. Oh, yeah. And a hero man and a half. Yeah, I predicted that completely. But, you know, the fun thing about that is, why does he not ever have a weapon? Imagine if he had a tree trunk, you know, like a club. I mean, he could play golf and take out droves of men instead of standing there and watch them poking him like they were. I agree with you. I agree with you. And he has one hanging off his hip, and he just never uses it. It's such a letdown, because, I mean, he really is, because he had just a giant bone club. I mean, like, somehow he had a you know, tusk from a mammoth or something like that. Could you imagine <laughs> the carnage? Well, the reach, yeah, yeah, the reach he could do. Well, what I thought people and spears would be nothing against him with a a tree trunk. Like you're right. I mean, it'd just be brutal. What I thought he was about to do was, I thought he was about to just start grabbing people and throwing them like baseball at the shield and just making them go like six or seven back. Like that's how I thought they were going to escape it before the veil came in. Instead, he just he just kept picking them up and tearing them in half. I think he was a little underpowered uh, for his capabilities. Yeah, he was. I think he was underutilized. Sadly, you had to wait until the end to see what he was really needed for. You know, and I'm not gonna lie to you, man. He was probably the most valiant warrior. You know, him and John, the whole situation. Man, oh, he was MVP. MVP. <laughs> you know, I didn't. Uh, kudos to the writing team. I did not expect him to take care of guy and die like he did. I just did not expect it. I thought he was just going to have a last guess and throw, fall down instead. It was just insult to injury to let Ramsey be the one to put him down. You know what I'm saying? That was horrible. Horrible, man. It was gut-wrenching. Gut-wrenching. So is anyone surprised that Davos made it out of this? Because I'm still a little surprised that he's still hanging around. You know, for there for a while, I didn't even know Davos was going to be in the battle. You know, That's fair. Agreed. You know. Well, so we, we've made it to the jaw 
non bludgeoning of Ramsey. Because <laughs> first off, the shield. The shield was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> shield moment, awesome. Uh, and then him just waylaying him on the ground was quite satisfying. It was, but I was a it little was. disappointed at how bad of a fighter that Ramsey was. Like, I mean, he's kind of built himself up as this great fighter. You know, only need 20 men to take out Stannis' entire army. And just zero one-on-one combat skills. Yeah, well, it's almost like he knew he'd lost once he got to him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, this was the man who... Uh, I was probably kind of surprised he didn't pull the knife out. As soon as John took his eyes off him, I was like, No, don't take your eyes off him. He's going to pull that blade on you. You know, but he did. I was kind of surprised. Well, he looked like about tenderized meat at that point. I'm not surprised. Well, you know, I didn't eat a little fair face. You know, it was no doubt. But cool, cool of John to look aside and see Sansa standing there and realize, you know what, this is your kill. You know, you deserve this kill. So is that how, is yeah. that how you saw it? Because, I mean, there's a lot of conflicting reports that I'm reading on the internet of how people viewed that scene. Like, they saw That's it. That's how as, I read it. I read it that way. Yeah, I was reading a lot that uh, John looked over at her and saw that he was almost being Ramsey-ish and didn't want her to see him become like that. Uh, you know, I would say that, but at the end of the episode, you know, where she kind of, you look like she's going to turn away but then decides to watch and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't feel like they played it that way to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, it was just like you hear the moment. How, it was how freaking it awesome. Mean? They went ahead and let her go down there with the dog and stuff like that. That, that, was, that was an epic way to die. Epic. It was. Okay, but so once again with the CG, that pit bull looked amazing. He looked it, bigger. Oh, my God. That pit bull Oversized. looked bigger than uh, Shaggy. Yeah, yeah. It, it was insane. Of that, you know, my, 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 they're loyal, you know, these beasts, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that that first shot of them him biting and then biting again into him, I was like, "Holy smokes!" And they kept him alive for a lot of the chewing and biting and tearing, and you heard him still, you know, squealing and whimpering and you know, like gargling gargling and so like that. He knew he felt a lot of that pain. Oh yeah, it showed like blood spurting over onto his hand. And everything. But I wish they would have showed was, it. I really wish they would have showed it. It was very gratifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was sweet. You're dog meat, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Game over. You will forever be known yeah, as Purina bar, One. <laughs> Kibbles and bits. Oh. Uh, yeah, like I said before, just an absolute epic episode. You know, like, I hate we lost. You know, I hate we lost, you know, one, one, you know, a few things, but we didn't have any major characters that I'd like to want to call Rick How about them bringing in Rick again? You know, with his four arrows stuck in him, you know, a five, six, however, for him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why would you have to see his body again? You know what I mean? Little Fondra! Little Fondra, get out of here! <laughs> <laughs> Pull those arrows out, get him going again. <laughs> Cut his hair, wash his body. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Instead, he's picking it up, you know. Actually, that's a team. That's a team. 
And I will say they executed silence throughout this episode really well. Like all throughout the battle and just like during the negotiations and stuff. Like it was very Vikings ish. Like I said, I was shaking before the episode started. And my shaking did end for 20 minutes after I watched the episode. Because I was just on nerves and pins and needles and just absolutely amped up. I was sitting there counting to 10 backwards and forwards. Like I tell people who are in intense pain or have anxiety and stuff. And I was sitting there doing it to myself because I just could not believe how well the emotion and the tingling it was giving. You know, I mean, it's just, just it's very, very impressive. Very few TV shows ever get to get me to that point where it's that level, you know, where you're emotionally attached and invested to something like this. Agreed. I mean, Agreed. it's just, oh. you know, I hate what I hate to say here is going into the previews is that I did not have to eat anything like that going into episode 10. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say that. Now, when you watch that preview, and I'll be honest with you, the preview, I just feel like there's going to be a lot of loose ends without much happening. I really don't see uh, a big payoff coming based on what I saw in the preview. Okay, I did not see the previews. Can you give me a slight rundown of what it was? All right, they should, they focused on Cersei. You know, Cersei and the trial of Seven, and they did a quick glimpse of Davos looking at the bag and looking at Alessandra and um, one or two other little things, but it was all small stuff except for the big, you know, the Sparrow and Seven. And I just don't, no, like you said, the only thing we can predict that might happen is just that, you know, she set that city ablaze if it doesn't go right or whatever. You know, I, I just don't see the way they've got it set up. You actually do see a glimpse of the seven in the big, you know, what is that big circular room where you know, the Baylor? Yeah, all that they see all that there, like the trials going down. Well, there's you know, also there's young something to it. Young Eddard is uh, listed to be in this episode. So it's looking like we could have the ending of that uh, Tower of Joy scene. Okay. Well, I hope that comes. And so yeah, uh, I think like the big gratifications that we could have for this episode is potentially seeing King's Landing going up a blaze and the Tower of Joy scene. Okay. Well, that gets me going a little bit. I agree with you, yeah. Jack. I'm not, I'm not sure there's going to be as much you know, obviously it's going to be a huge come down from what we just saw. But, you okay. know, Game of Thrones does a pretty damn good job of... Episode 10s you know, are not, always great. Like, not, not disappointing you on, on episode 10. So. No, I, I know that. I'm just, I'm having a hard time predicting where they're going to go with episode 10. I think we're going to see Arya and the Hound, you know, a glimpse of them, what's going on with them. I think we're going to do, of course, we're going to see Davos and Osana, what's going to come of that. But then I think they're going to focus a lot of time on Cersei in the trial. And I'm having a hard time really thinking about how they can turn that into a really cool situation or is this going to be more of the same, you know, of the scepter, you know, uh, having, you know, the upper hand. Or are we actually going to see, you know, the king's wife, Marjorie, actually play her cards, you know, knowing that she's still, you know, the hell. Are we going to see that early, you know? So I, I, I really don't know where they're going to go with this. It's gonna make me go, oh hell yes, wow, Ooh, you know that kind of stuff. Or they're just gonna do a complete setup and make us drool into the next season. I don't know. 
I don't know how they're going to do it, but I know they're going to do it well just because of how well they've done this last episode. Even though like this is the one episode they put all their eggs in the basket for, I really see them doing episode 10 well. But that's also because I really love the talking scenes. And I think Cersei's going to do that really well at the trial. I think, I think we're going to see something about what Jamie's doing, too. Is he coming home? What's he doing? Mm. Uh, well, there is a, actually, there is a little scene where you see Jamie um, in that big room with the Red Wedding, you know, where they killed Rob and all that stuff. They're in that big room, and they're all in there celebrating with the... Uh, the phrase. The phrase and the Lancers are sitting together. So there, there is a little bit of them celebrating. So it's almost like we could potentially have the opposite. You know what I mean? Okay, because uh, I saw on Twitter that there could be a possible reverse Red Wedding. Yeah, you know, they've kind of made it look that way with the way it was set up. It looks identical, the celebration and everything and all that, you know what I'm saying? But, um, so do you you know, think how w- cool would it be to have the Turleys come in there and just assassinate, you know, in reverse, you know what I mean, or something of that nature? It could, it could be pretty sweet. So, I mean, do you think yeah. Walder dies? Do no, I think he- who dies? I think there's a good chance that Walter Frey dies. I mean, they've brought him back for a reason. I don't think he can live long enough to be in the next season. No, I think you're, I think that's very possible that Walter goes down. You know, because he, he bashes his kids. He talks about, I'm not dead yet, and stuff like that all the time. So, probably a good opportunity to go ahead and take him down. Yeah, and that could be a fulfilling ending to that situation. Get a little payback, you know. Agreed. Agreed. Very well, so, but, other than that, I Cash. And we're going to call tonight.